Hey listeners, KJ here with bonus episode number five from the Blueprint for a Book series. I said I was super excited about last week's bonus episode, didn't I? Well, once again, I'm super excited about this one. I might be super excited about this whole project, but I'm super excited about this one because I get to talk today about what I really was deeply tempted to talk about in the first bonus episode, What is Your Why? Um, Which is basically, and I'm going to go all English major on you here, although I was not an English major in part because I dislike finding this in other books um, so much. We're going to talk about theme. So... Your why for writing is your why, and it is possible that buried in there, and it is actually likely that buried in there is something to do with a larger overarching theme that you return to again and again. So um, I have found that in my writing, there is a single larger overarching thing that I keep hitting over and over again, and it is present in my nonfiction and in my fiction, although it is probably not the narrow sort of one specific theme. So let's talk about finding um, finding that theme and really finding the change that comes within your book. So change, as we say in the episode, takes a couple of forms. Pretty easy in fiction. Um, it's the emotional evolution of the protagonist from wherever they are emotionally at the beginning of the book to wherever they are at the end. And, you know, if you're doing, uh, for example, genre mystery with a, with the same detective over and over again, those changes may be fairly, they, they could be fairly small or, um, they could be larger, but differ. They will differ in every book. And I was talking um, to Mia Mansala, Manasala, um, I don't remember, but I will try to link to her episode in the show notes, about genre mystery and how it's it's really evolved from when um, people my age started reading it. So Hercule Poirot and Miss Marple honestly don't learn very much in the um, series mysteries that they appear in. But we find that, you know what, Peter Whimsey really did in the Sayers Mysteries, as did Marjorie Allingham's Albert Campion, and those are the ones that live on. And in current genre mysteries, um, there tends to be much more uh, importance placed on this uh, growth of the sleuth, whether it is gradual, then there will probably be two pieces of it. And one especially if you're planning out a whole series, is going to be a gradual evolution throughout the series. Often, one thing we see is um, sleuths learning to trust other people or learning to uh, value something besides the endless quest for the the absolute truth or maybe learning not to see everything in black and white. And that might be a 10-book arc. But then in an individual arc, you might see a sleuth... Um, Uh, learning not to judge people by appearances or, you know, um, learning that, uh, I don't know, I can't think of another example right now. So even in those books where you might not think you're going to see a a change 
in the protagonist, you do. And that change nearly always becomes the theme of the book. Um, so what I really, and this is, this is fiction. In nonfiction, we're probably talking about either the change that, well, if it's a memoir, it's the same. It's the change that you as the protagonist go through. But it's often in nonfiction, the change that the writer hopes to help the reader bring about in themselves, which often is also the change that the writer undergoes through the process of either writing or researching in order to write the book. So in nonfiction, there's a, a dual change happening, the one for the writer and the one for the reader, usually. And sometimes there's frequently, actually, there's another dual change, which is, and we touched on this a little in the last episode when I talked about writing your logline or jacket copy, there's the thing that you are ostensibly sharing with the reader. So um, how to be a better rower, how to tidy your house, how to manage your time better. And then there's the thing that you are hoping the reader will get that is underneath that. The life, um, the understanding that satisfaction can be found in doing something better. Um, the recognition that uh, focusing more tightly on a smaller number of things or objects leads to a happier life. Um, I, yeah. So my overarching theme tends to involve the happiness and why it's so hard to find and the various ways of getting it. So you're going to find, I, I'm probably going to come back to that again and again, these episodes too, because that's apparently all I ever think about. So the thing about theme, and this is true universally for memoir fiction and nonfiction is that it may not be what you think it is when you start writing. That whatever you come up with now as you develop your blueprint may not end up being the core theme of the book. That the theme may and quite likely will emerge as you are writing. And the good news there is that when you see it and when it has emerged, to bring it out more fully and flesh it out and help the reader see it more clearly, although not like wave it around in giant flashing letters, especially in fiction, is probably easier than you think. So it's likely that your um, novel has a number of sort of internal themes. So it may be about, um, you know, uh, learning to trust other people as well as learning not to control everything, as well as um, you know, learning to trust ever, other people with your inner self. So learning to be yourself in the presence of other people. Those are all things that, that have been present in stuff that I have written. But what usually happens is you find that one will come out more strongly than the others. And so that is the one that you go back and lean on in the protagonist's internal dialogue, in the things that other people say to the protagonist, and in the experiences of the people around the protagonist. But the fact that you don't nail it right now in the blueprint is not, it's, it's not terrible. It's also not terrible to have something fairly vague at the moment and to boil it down. I will tell you that it is far easier if you know the real um, lesson the real thing that you want to change about your protagonist, and by extension, the real thing that you want to change about your reader. Now, I think that's easier, by the way. I think that in nonfiction, you're... 
Well, you're probably going to know the external change, and it's probably not that difficult to go from there to figuring out what it is you're inviting the reader to understand about their inner life. I don't think I did when I wrote How to Be a Happier Parent. I don't think I sorted that out until later when I had to talk about it again and again and again in front of a lot of people, and then it dawned on me. But it doesn't matter because it's still there. You have the advantage that you're doing this blueprint. So you can try to find that and probably have more luck at finding it than the writer of fiction may have. So the writer of fiction is probably going to start with something a little messier. And as you write and as you follow this protagonist and as you um, see the thing about them that has to change in order them, for them to resolve the plot questions, that theme is going to become clearer and clearer and clearer. And when you finally get to the point when you can put it on a bumper sticker, um, preferably a very cliched bumper sticker that you would never actually put on your car, that's when you have it. And that's when you go the other way from finding it to developing it. And in nonfiction, um, you know, it may be something that you don't really mention until the very tail end of what you're doing, or maybe something that you put in the beginning in your discussion of sort of why you're writing the book and, and what you're hoping the reader will get out of it and then come back to in the end. Um, so I guess, you know, for example, in How to Be a Happier Parent, I did come back to it in the end because I wrote a final section addressing the question of whether or not I had become personally happier and why. Um, so that kind of allowed me to see what it was that I had been really hoping the reader would join me, what journey it was I was hoping the reader would, hope mean, would join me in all along. So this change, change is an easy, an easier, more direct way of looking at these English teacher thematic elements that feel big and hard and scary, but really are not. Um, I, you know, I think we get really caught up in wanting to give them big grand words, but the truth is that the best changes are universal. The best changes are changes that appear in book after book after book. You know, you will see love conquers all again and again. You will see its opposite. Love is not enough again and again and again. Um, all the hard lessons of life, including the ones that, that are, are uh, both true and true in their opposites, are the things that, that pop up here. You know, family is more important than work. Or some things are worth sacrificing everything for. These universal themes are the ones that are great when they underlie a book. So it's, and it's, I'm riffing still. Um, it's likely that you have both a sort of a narrower theme, your person learning uh, to trust other people to value their real self instead of trying to be who other people want them to be. And then the universal truth within there is basically, you know, be yourself. No one else can. Told you it was a bumper sticker or maybe it's a little jacket, you know, a little button for your denim jacket. 
those are that's 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 the underlying good stuff and we want to learn those things again and again and again as readers both of nonfiction and fiction because they are hard to learn even though they are easy to say sometimes yeah all right those are my thoughts for the moment on theme or the arc of change as we have um, differently dubbed it and i hope this bonus episode was somehow helpful to you and i will be back next week with another bonus episode so until then or until you listen to the next podcast episode because yeah we say it every time keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game